Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. It's Tuesday at two in the East Coast of the United States, and this is the Nonprofit Exchange, episode 345. And of all those episodes, we've never dealt with this topic that we're dealing with today. That sounds kind of unusual, but it's the truth. So put on your seatbelt. We're going to take a little ride here with some things that will help you retain the important people in your organization. So I'm here with co-host David Dunworth, a board chair of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. And we, our guest today is Irene Shi. Irene, let's get to know you. Tell people about who you are and why you do this work. Uh, thanks, Q. Thanks for inviting me on and, and David as well. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, uh, in a nutshell, I actually think my journey really starts as an educator. So I started out in the classroom uh, and I, through Teach for America, um, had the opportunity to work with amazing low-income students um, in, you know, different communities. And throughout my career, um, as I moved forward, I, you know, I worked in policy uh, in Massachusetts and Connecticut, um, worked with system-level leaders. And I think throughout much of my journey before my current, my current role at Minds Matter, uh, I thought a lot about, I would say, two things. One is uh, well, the first is just what does it really take to build great cultures? Um, often I was looking at how to build great cultures within school systems um, and then within, you know, larger sort of systems as well. And the second thing I, I got a lot of time to think about through those years is uh, what is the role of education I think, in the work of leadership. So those two things felt very tied. It wasn't just seeing education itself as, you know, what happens in a classroom, but that there's actually a role in which to think about all systems as classrooms in some way, shape, or form, and the people that you are cultivating and, and growing as um, in the same way that you would think about a classroom of students, um, you are crafting and creating and helping to empower within them a sense of that community that is connected um, and uh, so that's, uh, I, I I don't think I totally answered your question straight on, um, but I didn't want to read off a resume. I would say that that's, um, that's kind of my background. And and you obviously have a passion about this work. And in my experience of doing this and working with nonprofit leaders and business leaders, mm -hmm. the, the problem is common. We have good people. We want to make sure not only do they stay with us, but they're motivated and empowered so we, we go from, especially in a nonprofit culture, we have these um, apathetic and inactive boards and boards of directors, and we don't need that. And we have volunteers that show up and you know put a stamp on their passport, but they're there for a reason. And we really, there's a whole paradigm shift for the leader. So let's go back to your education piece. Um, I think, I'm not an educator. I did teach middle school for three years. That was a big education for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're educating people on why our work is important and what their part, their role and responsibility is. So people show up as a V, a volunteer. So it's up to us to direct them. So what are some of the biggest problems that you see out there with um, retention and, and, well, with volunteers in general, activating them, keeping them, keeping them focused? Yeah, 
I think it actually starts with, um, and this is true of any organization, but especially true perhaps with volunteers. I actually think it's clarifying what your vision is, right? What, what are the problems that you're super highly focused um, on solving and helping people understand the nature of those problems as well? Because I, what we actually find is volunteers come into our organization and they are motivated, they're excited, they're ready to go. But that energy could be quickly, um, you know, either misguided or it could fizzle out, I think, if there isn't a core understanding of where do you actually really need my help and why? Um, I think that that's part one. And then part two is actually help me understand what the problem is. At least give me kind of a, a, a direction to kind of look in and help me understand what your priorities are, I think, and why that matters. How does it make a difference for the students ultimately that we serve, which is the core of our, our programming? So I think that that really starts there. Um, but in terms of being able to keep people um, really sort of bandied together, I do think that we focus a lot, you know, we are an organization that has hundreds of volunteers, and they in fact are the core of, uh, you know, our not just our service to students, but also our, our, you know, the backdrop of our operations as an organization as well. So it becomes really important that once they're focused on a central problem, they understand what the problem is, the vision is really clear to them, and the priorities are clear. I do think it's important that they feel like they can work with other like-minded people um, and that there's a genuine sense of community. We are, as an example, Hugh, we are a program that runs every Saturday. So that's hundreds of students, also hundreds of volunteers that show up every Saturday to be together. That's actually really, really helpful, I think, in terms of building community is leveraging that opportunity to be together, whether it's in person or sometimes in the background working together. Um, but it's more than just, um, I would say it's more than just uh, doing work, <laughs> which they do all the time, but it's you know focused on what is the meaningful mission that we serve together and how can you build friendships within it as you do it uh, and really focus on this opportunity as, as one where you can build really meaningful relationships. And by doing so, I think that that um, the truth of the matter is I think the community part is so essential because that's the part that actually you know, even as times get tough and even as the work gets hard, they're really focused on each other. Um, and as long as they're kind of all rowing toward the same direction, focused on each other, I think that that often does a lot of the work um, in terms of keeping them connected to the mission and committed. Well, and, and I've said this, David, she's singing our song here. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we know that leaders aren't clear. We know that leaders don't have the roadmap which is the strategy, it's the engagement tool. People know what they're supposed to be doing when. And so um, this, this, she's, we, uh, we talk about this, but it's still surprisingly how many leaders, surprising how many leaders can't say specifically, here's where we're going and here's, here's a place for you to play with us. So, it, it, so you do this pretty heavy duty. I mean, you know about culture because that's what you're doing. So tell us about Minds Matter. And I'm going to, for people that are watching the video, um, I'll, I'll show the website, people that are listening um, to the podcast. Um, that's okay. You can, you can, um, you can see it uh, when you, when you go to the nonprofit exchange, you can see the video and you can see the website, or you can go to Minds, plural, MindsMatterBay.org. So when they go there, uh, 
Irene, what will they see? <laughs> um, what they will see is that we are an education nonprofit. We are in the Bay Area, um, as is in our name, and we serve low-income high school students uh, that are driven, motivated, uh, very much want to uh, you know, go to four-year colleges, and we are here to help them unlock that pathway to not only going to, you know, you know, four-year colleges, but being able to opt into their best option colleges, often top-tier colleges, uh, and unlock, you know, great financial aid packages that enable them to go. Uh, the core of how we do that is through our community of volunteers who serve as long-term mentors for our students. We are actually, in high school, we are a three-year program, and we serve our students every week, pretty much during the school year, for about five hours each week. And that depth of relationship and bond that builds within our community through that program is really profound. And, and here's, I would say, what we truly hope is that it's not just about the three years that they are in the high school program in which they you know, get to great colleges, but it's actually about forming such a deep bond um, that they have within our community uh, that our students walk away with two things mainly. One is uh, what we hope is a sense of confidence in themselves to self-advocate and continue to build community and networks wherever they go and believe that they can find amazing adults who are willing to support them and care about them no matter where they go. Uh, and the second is we hope that they, you know, through the resources that they're able to build in their lifetimes, now that they have this opportunity, not only to go to college, but rewrite their own socioeconomic future, uh, that they can pay that forward to, you know, communities of their own. And so that um, we're very proud to say that our organization has uh, served hundreds of students um, over since 2010. Uh, graduated our 11th class this year, and 100% of them have gone on to four-year colleges, and 100% have graduated from college within four years. That's Say that again. 100% go to college from your program, and 100% graduate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. David, David, that's pretty that's, astounding. That's that's beyond astounding. That's that's for the record books. My goodness, congrats. Um, one of one of the curiosities that I have though is that how do you keep how do you keep the organization's core values in the front of the mind of of those volunteers as they week after week after week after week throughout three years of their their lives they're doing something for themselves sure but the the bigger picture I'm sure sometimes fades how do you keep those core values in front of you yeah, yeah. This probably, you know, David, great question. This probably goes back to something I I <laughs> learned even while I was teaching in the classroom all those years ago, which is that um, the values that you have as a community are ones, you know, that you that you mainly, you know, build awareness of and commitment to through celebration. And so celebration can happen in big and wow. Right. And so one of the things that we actually do every week as a leadership team, and that's leadership at various levels within the organization, not just staff, but you know, different levels of volunteer leadership, is that we actually sit down every week and say, who are the people in our organization, students and volunteers that we want to lift up and lift out and say thank you for what it is that they've been doing, right? Whether it's for the past week or or, or month or year. And that mental exercise, I think, offers two things. One is that we are talking about our values and 
talking about them through the lens of celebration and, and, and um, acknowledgement. But the second thing is it forces all of us in a great way into a mindset of constant appreciation, constant appreciation. Um, and so that I think has probably been one of the most important things. We do have bigger ways of celebrating, you know, we have quarterly core value champions, you know, other ways in which we celebrate. But I think probably the most important part of all of this is the constancy and consistency within with which we starting at the leadership level, think about our core values and make sure we're communicating our appreciation on a, on a, on a weekly, sometimes, you know, hopefully even daily basis. Beautiful. That's a lot to learn for a, I mean, that's a great skill and talent to learn uh, that other organizations, smaller than yours, obviously, the local nonprofits, boy, they could learn a lot from that. That's great. I, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. So we could learn, I mean, you're, you're very, have a very specific calling and specific work with students, but it's still an organization that gives, that impacts people's lives in a very significant way. So to follow on with David's question about core values, that's, um, that's the anchor. We're aligned with these values. So connect people. We, we have a vision that's clear. So how do, how do volunteers connect to that? and feel um, part of that vision? And then how do they, um, how do they articulate that? How, how, how are they engaged to fulfill that? Yeah, I think it, I mean, certainly I think our, our, our mission is attractive to people who choose to, you know, make the commitment to be a part of our organization. So that definitely is the starting point. But once they're inside of our organization, I think there are a couple of things we do. One is over time, storytelling is actually very important, even internal in our organization. I would say lifting up stories of impact on students is so, so, so important because that is the core of what we do. And being able to see that because really for, for a lot of our volunteers, um, being able to see impact wherever you are in the organization, whether you work directly with students or not, but being able to see, here's how what I did and what I contributed had a true influence on somebody. That's that's the most important part of it. And so we're constantly mining, I think, in the organization for stories of impact. And I think stories of impact can be, can be you know, at varying levels and varying degrees. It's not just, oh, this student got to college, let's celebrate that. That's really important. But it's also, you know, being able to notice the smaller things along the way, right? Being able to say, as an example, you know, one of the things that I think is really important to acknowledge is that the three-year journey that a lot of our mentors take with their students, it doesn't begin with everything was successful, we were best friends from the beginning, and then it all worked out, right? There's a, a period of time in which you're building that relationship, and sometimes you hit walls, and sometimes, you know, there, there are little milestones that you have to find for yourself along the way. We actually celebrate those milestones and those little stories, and we lift that up and help people see where it's happening, right? And so being able to see yourself connected, I think, to the mission of the organization, but specifically through those little milestones and benchmarks of impact that you can see, whether it's in your own direct story, which is really important, but also being able to hear and see it elsewhere in the organization is pretty important. I think the second thing, you know, you asked Hugh about um, how do they, you know, feel like, I guess, essentially wherever they are, that they have something to contribute. 
we actually have different roles in the organization. So as a volunteer organization, there are mentors, there are instructors um, that are much more focused on tutoring and task prep. Uh, there are uh, you know, class leaders, and then there are ad more administrative operational volunteer leaders in the organization. And we even have people that are you know, more focused on building partnerships and, and supporting with fundraising. And what we really try to help people see is no matter what walk of volunteerism that you take on within our organization, here is how that drop, every drop of effort actually ends up impacting a student, which is the core of our mission. We really try to draw that out. Uh, and that's been really essential because to give an example, Hugh, um, you know, roles like board membership, associate board membership, you don't get to see students every week, right? So your touch point with the sort of the primary um, you know, recipients of the service that we provide as an organization is more removed. And a lot of what we try to do there is, again, elevate stories, help them see that through line, that sequence of events of where they sit all the way to where that impact lives. Um, and then the other thing we do too, especially with people that are more, you know, more physically removed maybe from the program itself is we invite them and encourage them to come you know, serve lunch, be with our community at least, you know, so, you know, a few times a year as well to be able to see that, you know, you know, with your own eyes. Yeah. Yeah. David, you got a follow on question? Yeah, everything sounds so fairy table, uh, fairy tale perfect that it, it makes me think back. How do those students from the very first day, how do they, how do you get them to buy into the concept and keep them engaged? Uh, I remember when I was in India many years ago, we did a program with a uh, university where the NGOs there needed volunteers desperately to carry out their missions. And we went to the school and said, you know, we want to grab a bunch of uh, first year or fourth year students to get them involved in, in local charities and local uh, activities to help them blossom themselves because that the, it was a technical university and they weren't being hired by the local tech companies. There's in Hyderabad, India, there's two, Deloitte Touche is huge there. And Tata is another megalopolis company there. And they weren't being hired because they had no social skills. And so we said, get these kids out there talking with the the poor and the impoverished and have them graded and so forth and make it a make it a kind of challenge and it turned these people's lives around but in it in the inner city it might be some somewhat similar to that do you how do you get them to say okay i'm willing to try this thing and stick with it how do they buy in how do you do that uh and this is focused on how we get our students to to buy in to the program yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, we we certainly offer our students a lot of resources as a program, but I think once our students are in our program, we do not position ourselves as just a deliverer of resources, right? The resources are there, right? Whether it's connections to you know funding for you know summer programs, you know, support around, you know, being able to apply for internships even while they're in high school, other other career exposure opportunities, that's all embedded within. But we really try to help our students see that at the core of all of this, sitting at the center of their experience in the organization is the relationships that they build with the volunteers in the org. Um, and that actually, 
is something we can back because of how much time, right? How much depth, um, how much time we spend with our students and we ask our students to spend with the program. So when they when they first you know come in and, and, and our students, we try to interview every student, you know, every student applicant that applies, right? And one of the first questions for us is just, just to make sure we're the right fit program for them. One of the first questions is, can you commit to being here every Saturday throughout the school year, right? For several hours, because that is a pretty big commitment. But yeah. being able to follow through on that commitment is a big part to you seeing the value of what this community can give you. And I find that that piece, right? Being able to really push for that commitment early on with our students, it actually ends up paying off in these amazing ways. I think because, because our, our organization is so community and relationship driven, it is the people that our students work with over time that makes them feel encouraged to show up again and again and again. It is the sense that, um, you know, we have students that say to us, and this is a pretty common theme, right? We have students that say to us, because for, you know, several years, three years in high school, I got to work with, you know, people that were mentors that were a little bit older than me. It actually helped me believe, one, that there are people outside of my family that can care about me as a person, <laughs> right? It makes me believe that because I see it. And the second thing is, it's given me confidence to go out and kind of get outside of my shell and actually ask for, you know, connections and and really and 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 take the risk to to build relationships with people, including you know my school principal, my teachers, and now that I'm in college, you know my you know counselors and advisors, you know of all of all types, that. I would have previously been afraid of. And those two ideas are one, I believe, I fundamentally now believe that there are people outside of my family and immediate friend group who could care about me. I actually believe that. And because I believe that, I'm willing to take risks in terms of building relationships with people. And I think our students over the course of the three years and, and the many weeks that they spend in our program throughout those three years, start to build that belief because of the quality of the connection service, yes, but also ultimately relationship that they're building with their mentors, with their instructors, with these volunteers that surround them. Beautiful, okay. That's a key piece of um, volunteer engagement is relationship building. And um, celebration, you, you gave us a sound bite a while back here. Um, we spend so much time focusing and tweaking things, improving things, we forget to celebrate the success. So you've talked about this sort of. So why is that important in engaging and re retaining volunteers in your organization? I think that for me, it's probably twofold. One is that um, you know, as an educator, I, I learned early on that, you know, I, I also taught middle school students and, and also high school students as well later on. Um, and positive reinforcement just works way better, um, right? It just, when you point to something that you hope everybody, you know, values, right? But you point to it in a way that is like, look at this person who's doing it so well. 
I think it gets other people to go, oh, I want to be that person that's being acknowledged for doing it really, really well. So that sort of cycle of positive reinforcement, I think just like at a, at a you know, community and, and human psychology level is just really meaningful. But the second thing I think around celebration is um, oftentimes I don't, you know, look, you put core values up on your website, but it's it's really just a bunch of words until people can see <laughs> how you live it, right? The meaning of words is through seeing examples, seeing models. And I, so I think the power of celebration and positive reinforcement is also that people then over and over again, every week, maybe even every day, get an opportunity to go back to those words and say, okay, I just saw somebody get celebrated for this. Oh, that's giving me a deeper understanding, right? Because I, I heard a story of what they were being celebrated for, and I can connect that example and that story to these words. And now I have a deeper understanding of what it means to live into these values. So I think that's the second piece as well, is that you can't really, you can't really have values live as a piece of, you know, as, as ink on a piece of paper. Uh, that doesn't really get people to understand deeply what these values mean. You have to show them how people have lived it. And so by celebrating, you're just giving them a deeper connection each time to what these words actually mean in practice. That is brilliant. They, so yeah. the other piece is many leaders don't want to ask people to do things because, oh, they're busy. We tell ourselves these myths. Oh, that's not their thing. Or they, they have some excuse. I don't want to bother them. When in fact, when people, well, it's, it's philanthropy, love of humankind. When people get a chance to use their passion for good, it's good for them too. So, so it's stepping up and giving people an opportunity, isn't it? Absolutely. It absolutely is. Yeah. I think I'm always blown away by how often our volunteers will say that they got just as much, if not even more, they feel right out of the experience as they think the students have. And I really think that it has enriched their lives. It's also enriched I mean, I, you know, our volunteers, you know, you know, grow with our organization. So the average volunteer in our organization, just to give an example, actually spends more years in our organization than they do um, at their company. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, so we actually, you know, have a, a greater longevity with them. But through that journey, we get to watch these volunteers also grow, right, as people. And I think what's really amazing is, you know, as they get deeper and deeper into their journey, one, the reflection is, you know, I think I'm getting just as much, if, I'm, if not more, out of this than the students. And the second piece is uh, that they often reflect on how it actually helps them pay it forward to other relationships in their lives as well. You know, we have volunteers that later become parents and they're like, oh, I learned so much about this. Um, I'm able to pay that forward. It's, they've helped pay it forward into their careers as well, you know, in terms of how to lead and manage other people because they've had to think about, you know, how to, how to be inside of this community and organization. So yes, I think, you know, giving the, the feeling of giving is really meaningful for our volunteers. I also think the tactical skills that they build through the experience is very meaningful for them as well. It's a win-win. So you're very successful. Before I ask you for your closing thought, let me um, come back to your website again. And who who should go to your website? I'm going to repeat the uh, the link again. It's it's minds plural matter bay mindsmatterbay.org. Who should come there and why? 
Uh, I would say three primary audiences. Uh, one is that if you are, you know, a student who could benefit our, from our program, please uh, send them our way. We would love to serve them. The second is if you would like to volunteer with our program um, in, in any way, shape or form, we'd love to hear from you and, and find a, a role that, that makes sense for you. And the third, I would say, is uh, if you are interested in, you know, making a donation to an organization that has a tremendous impact on, you know, incredible students that are underserved in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, please consider, you know, giving to Minds Matter. We'd love to meet you. You put a lot of good content in this 25 minutes. What do you want to leave people with? A thought, a challenge, a tip? What do you want to leave people with today? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I started out by saying that I, you know, my, my roots are as an educator, and I still think that that's probably the core of it, is that your, your culture is truly everything. Um, I think that so much can be done, and at the same time, so little can be done, um, if that is, you know, not in the right place versus in the right place. And the way that I try to think about it, and I hope that this is useful to those listening, is... Um, those three pieces, I would say one is clarifying your vision. Um, oftentimes you'd be surprised at how often people have a lot of passion, but don't really know what you want them to do or work on and why, right? So clarifying that vision is really important. The second piece is focusing on your community, um, building those connections and letting your community actually be, you know, people within it actually build tendrils of connection that motivate each other, right, to continue with the work. And I would say the third piece is celebration and appreciation. It's just so, so important um, at its core that people who come um, to be in your community and choose to be there uh, feel that they are seen. That's probably the most core part of it. They need to feel seen. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, and, you know, I'd love to hear from, from, from y'all as well. Great. David, I think we've got another really good interview completed. Oh my goodness. You know, and she, she speaks as an, as an educator of middle school and high school and she's done you look barely out of college yourself so i'm i'm blown away with your expertise your your sense of knowing exactly what you're up to and uh your your story is remarkable thank you so much for it david thank you so much hugh thank you so much it's incredibly kind and i'm glad that my gray hairs don't seem to be showing up on camera <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Thank well, you. Yeah, you and I both have enough to make up for you, so it's okay. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.